Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Breaking Chains with P31 Ladies Night, where we work to give females increased self-esteem, establish a healthy self-identity, and motivate females to obtain high noble character as detailed in scripture. Get involved in the conversation by calling in at 858-357-9137 or catch the live stream at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash YAT radio. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I greet you in the name of God, the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit. I pray all is well with you all throughout the land on God's beautiful earth. How are you? It's time for the P31 Ladies Night. Welcome to Breaking Change, YAT Radio. Let us humble ourselves and go before the throne of God in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we come in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ, Lord God. Father God, we are led of the Holy Spirit tonight to humble ourselves and bow down and give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise. We say thank you, Lord, for yet another day with your breath in our bodies, Lord God. Forgive us for our sins, our unrighteous acts and deeds, Father God, that we do before you, Lord God. Father God, we come tonight, Father God, asking for a covering, Father God, over this show, this ministry tonight, Father God. These ladies who open themselves up tonight to you and to the world, Lord God, to help your people, our children, our brothers and sisters, Father God. Father God, cover us tonight, Father God. Cover the ladies, Father God. Open doors, break chains, Lord God. Let something be said, Father God, that is used of your Holy Spirit through these ladies that will help someone out there, Father God, that will be listening live or through the archives, Father God. Cover us tonight, Father God. Cover those that are sick, Father God. Touch them right now, Father God. Let your will be done. Whether they're mentally, physically, or spiritually sick right now, Father God, we ask for a healing right now, Father God. We intercede on their behalf, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we ask for a covering right now in the name of Jesus as we go forward with breaking chains to P31 Ladies Night, Father God, in honor and glorifying you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's get ready, y'all. I'm about to turn the mic over. It's time for Breaking Chains, the P31 Ladies Night, right here on YAT Radio. Let's get in his presence in the name of As Jesus. As I enter into a place where there's no one but me and you, a place of peace, a place of rest, my time of solitude. There's someone who I can tell All my deep secrets to Don't have to be afraid I can put my trust in you In your presence Is the fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures evermore and it is in your throne room that's the place where all all can be revealed and it's here with you that I find everything I need When you wrap me in your arms, I 
came my strength, I came my peace, my will to carry on the hurt and all the pain from the enemy, the enemy outside. I know that it can harm me for your grace and your mercy abide. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. In your throne room, that's the place where all, all can be and it's here with you I have everything I need in your presence there's the peace that surpasses understanding and in your throne room love and joy here with you that I have everything everything I need oh and is here with you I have everything God everything I need oh is here with you I have Everything I need. You're listening to Breaking Chains. Call in live during the show at 858-357-9137. And listen live on our website at youngadultstalk.org. Good evening, and welcome to the P31 Ladies Night. Tonight we will talk about the real meaning of Christmas. Thanks, big brother. That was Dre Williams at tightspot.org. Tonight's show is being sponsored by the Williams Group and Jadari Enterprises. Okay, you know what we do. So sit back and relax while we break chains with the Breaking, Ch- with Breaking Chains Ministry on YAT Radio. I'm your host, Sonia Roberts. What is the real meaning of Christmas? For many, Christmas is the time to think of Jesus Christ as a baby in a manger. While the birth of Christ is a special and miraculous event, it isn't the primary focus. The central truth of the Christmas story is this. The child of Christmas is God. The true meaning of Christmas is a phrase that began to appear in the mid-19th century when a shift towards a more secular culture resulted in a national backlash. 
The true meaning of Christmas is love. John 3, 16 through 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The true meaning of Christmas is the celebration of this incredible act of love. God loved his own and provided a way for us to spend eternity with him. Christmas is not about the Savior's infancy. It is about his deity. The human birth of Jesus Christ was never intended to conceal the reality that God was being born into the world. But the modern world version of Christmas does just that. And consequently, for the greater part of humanity, Christmas has no legitimate meaning at all. I don't suppose anyone can ever fathom what it means for God to be born in a manger. How does one explain the Almighty stooping to become a tiny infant? Hmm. Well, our minds cannot begin to understand what was involved in God's becoming man. Nor can anyone explain how God could become a baby. Yet, he did. Without forsaking, without forsaking his divine nature or diminishing his deity, he was born into our world as a tiny infant. He was fully human with all the needs and emotions that are common to us all. Yet, he was also fully God, all-wise and all-powerful. For nearly 2,000 years, debate has been raging about who Jesus really is. Copes and skeptics have offered various explanations. They say he is one of many gods, a created being, a high angel, a good teacher, a prophet, and so on. The common thread of all such theories is that they make Jesus less than God. But the biblical evidence is overwhelming that this child in the manger was the incarnation of God. One passage in particular written by the Apostle Paul, captures the essence of Jesus' divine nature and underscores the truth that makes Christmas truly wonderful. In Colossians 1, 15 through 20, it reads, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. For it it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. 
like father, like son. Ironically, some of the cults that deny Jesus' deity try to use Colossians 1, 15 through 20 to support their view. They suggest, for example, that the phrase, the image of the invisible God, hints that God was merely a created being who bore the image of God in the same sense as all humanity. But the truth is, though we were created in God's likeness, we only resemble him. Jesus, on the other hand, is God's exact image. The Greek word translated image means a perfect replica, a precise copy, a duplicate. Paul was saying that God himself is fully manifest in the person of his son, who is none other than Jesus Christ. He is the exact image of God. Jesus himself said, he who has seen me has seen the father which was in John 14 and 9. In Colossians 1 and 15, Paul says that Jesus, the firstborn of all creation, those who reject the deity of Christ, have made much of that phrase, assuming it means Jesus was a created being, but the word translated firstborn describes Jesus' rank not his origin. The firstborn in a Hebrew family was the heir, the ranking one, the one who had the right of inheritance. And in a royal family, he had the right to rule. So Christ is the one who inherits all creation and the right to rule over it. It doesn't mean he was born first in order, for he wasn't. In Psalms 89 and 27, God says of David, I also shall make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. There, the meaning of firstborn is given in plain language. The highest of the kings of the earth. That's what firstborn means. Christ is king of kings and lord of lords. Revelation 17 and 16. For Christians, The true meaning of Christmas is the celebration of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that through belief in Christ, we are daughters and sons of God. You know, when fall has given way to winter and snow covers the ground, we know we don't have snow here in Mobile. While lights twinkle from house to house, you know Christmas is coming. Decorated Christmas trees are everywhere you look. Christmas is one of the most important Christian and cultural holidays of the year. But what is the true meaning of Christmas? Is it the gift or is it the annual economic boost? Did you know that the Christmas season, especially in the West, is a mix of pre-Christian, Christian, and secular traditions. What's interesting is the meaning of the word Christmas. It literally means Christian Mass. It's a shortened form of Christ Mass. 
Christmas is a time of spiritual reflection on the important foundations of the Christian faith. It's also a celebration. It's when Christians celebrate God's love for the world through the birth of the Christ child, Jesus. Jesus was born in order to pay the price for the things we have done wrong, which is sin. God sent his only son to be the atonement for all our sins so that we would not be separated from God. How many of us would do that? Do you know that without Jesus, we would all die for our sins? Because we inherited our sinful nature from the first human being God created, Adam and Eve. While being fully God and yet fully man, Jesus came into the world as an infant to save us all. If you were in the shoes of Jesus, would you save the world? Or would you be selfish and only save yourself? Did you know that most Christmas traditions vary in significance and symbolic meaning? For example, we exchange gifts because God sent us the most precious gift, his only son. Also, Three wise men visited Jesus and brought gifts as well. There was a poem titled A Visit from St. Nicholas, penned in 1822. Popularized the tradition of exchanging gifts too. Although people worldwide celebrate Christ's birth on December 25th, it was likely that he was born on a different month and date. The church in the 4th century chose December the 25th as it coordinated with the solace on the Roman calendar. Around 37% of Orthodox Christians, mainly in Egypt and Russia, celebrate Christmas on January 7th. This was owing to a difference in the way their calendars were devised. Neither date is likely correct in light of several clues uncovered by the historians and information in the Bible itself. The year Jesus was born is not given in the biblical accounts, stating in Luke 2nd chapter. So how was the date of Christmas decided? And when was Jesus really born? Well, it was established during the time of Julius Caesar in A.D. 46 that Christ was born in A.D. 1. Bible scholars worked from what scripture told us regarding the history of Jesus. That's just to give you a little biblical history. So what I have just shared with you What is the real meaning behind Christmas? Good evening and welcome to our show. Caller, would you like to state your name? Is there anyone on the line? Yes, Iris. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you. So with everything that I've shared, um, so what do you think the real meaning behind Christmas is? The real meaning um, behind Sorry about that. The real meaning um, of the moral of the story is that it's about Jesus um, being born. Okay. How would you explain the meaning of Christmas to a child? Um, I was well. The, what I always say is um, Christmas is not about giving, I mean, gifts, presents, or none of that. It's about um, Jesus being born. It's his birthday. Amen. Do you believe that the true meaning of Christmas is love? And if you believe that, why? Um, yes, I do believe that it's for love. The reason why is because when Jesus was born, that's, I mean, that's the true meaning. You mean love, the love, just the love. Okay. Um... I would say the real meaning behind Christmas is joy. And um, Jesus is the reason for the season. And I think that sometimes people overlook that. But I think um, what would life and history be like had Jesus never been born I think that like like I read we would be dying for our own sins if Jesus not if Jesus had not been born, I think that life would would have been detrimental probably in all sense. Um, do you have a take on that? Alice? Um, yes I do. Um I, in my honesty, I think if Jesus wasn't born, there would not be a Christmas. Hmm. That's what I'll say. So how do you think history would, would be? It probably would be a history. It would, I don't it think would, it would be a history. Right. I don't I think that it would 
it would not be anything to to sit down and tell your children about. Yeah, I just think that it'll just, I mean, it won't be like, it won't never be the same. Like, we would never know Christmas, never know nothing. Mm. Like, history won't even versus this. Wow. Or holidays, period. Mm-hmm. What prayer or poem can you offer God to thank him? You said what Reverend prayer or poem? Yes. Can you offer God to thank him? Um, I don't know. Hmm. And that off the top of my head. I would say um, my prayer would be, Jesus, thank you for making yourself nothing so I could be forgiven for my sins. Reverend Williams, do you have anything you would like to add? Uh, God bless. Good evening to everyone. Um, when I think about Christmas, you know, growing up, you 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 know you you expected to receive a lot of toys and you know see the family and good eating and uh, you know I'm saying a lot of celebration. Uh, you you see the plays and things going on at church and um, at school. And, and, and then when you study the history, and I'm glad our overseer is uh, just coming on. Uh, uh, he's coming on. He's on the line now. So uh, the, when when you study the true history of the birth of of of, of the child of God, the Son of God Himself, um, you have to pay attention to uh, uh, what is it called the geographical. Uh, uh, period, I mean, area, uh, and, and then the time period, and, and, and then come to find out this is something that the world does, and, and unfortunately, it's not to discredit what people feel about Christmas. Everyone has their own uh, feelings and emotions about everything. Uh, uh, no discredit to anyone, but, but, but you have to understand that, that the world celebrates uh, uh, in, a, in a different way, and, and, and it's all brought on about how the Europeans put things into the world it was all about money in the beginning anyway so and, and mm-hmm. that's the, like one of the richest time uh of the year it's christmas uh uh and, and 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 the unfortunate thing is they have black friday before christmas and it, and it's something you ever ask yourself why they call it black friday you know you want to ask yourself some questions ask yourself some questions about why uh uh we are still discriminated as as people of color you know what I'm saying? We want to celebrate Christmas. We want to celebrate the true meaning of, of Christmas. Uh, Christ is to be celebrated every day through his children, from his children, by his children. So so if, if we're going to be talking about what is the true meaning of Christmas, the world says getting gifts, receiving great things, and, and, and having a great time. That's something we have every day. We get a gift every day with life. 
when he breathes into us and wakes us up every morning to see his beautiful creation. He gives us the ability to think, to smell, to see for those that have those abilities. But when you get that life and, and wake up every morning, that's your gift. That's your Christmas. So let's celebrate that every day. We have to teach the world how to celebrate Christmas, Christ, every day in our life. Thank you. God bless. Amen. Um, um, Reverend Williams, I have two questions I would like to ask you. The first one would, how would you explain the meaning of Christmas to a child? The thing about explaining it to the child, it has to be your child. Um, and, and and the thing about it is, is that we have to stop instilling these uh, uh, holidays into our, our children to grow up to expect certain things and expectations. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you talk about Christmas and, but then you put some, big big man in a red suit and call him Santa Claus. But then you say over here is the birth of Christ. So you've already confused the child in the beginning. Because how does Santa Claus, who is Santa Claus? How does Santa Claus have a, a meaning in Christmas when you are saying that it is the birth of Christ, the celebration of Christ? So, so the child is already confused if that's how you you train up the child. The scripture says, train up the child in the way he should go. And when he's older, he won't depart from it. He'll come back to it. He'll come back to the truth. So how would I teach him? I would teach them the truth. No matter what, nobody, no other child is learning. It, it, don't, you, you know what I'm saying? The truth. That, that, what is Christmas? Seriously, what is Christmas? You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, when I when I first start talking, I said, unfortunately, you know, what I'm saying, you know, you know, not trying to upset anyone. But but as you get older and you learn and you study the truth. About 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 God, you know, and, 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 and Yahshua, you know, who who the world says his name is Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But we have to get into the truth, we have to teach him the truth. Hope I answered Okay, yes. Yeah. Now, my second question, what would life and history be like had Jesus never been born? Huh. That's interesting because we talked about this on Monday night on the podcast. Um, listen, that th- there would have been no life and, 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 and there would be no history of the time that we have been able to study and learn. Because because he was the reason that we are born. If, 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 if Christ would have not been sacrificed, there would be nothing else after that. Listen, listen, you, you have in order to answer that properly, you have to understand the reason why Christ was sent here anyway. You have to understand the purpose. You have to understand his assignment, why he was sent here. God was fed up with us. God was fed up. God's wrath was about to come upon the earth again because of the disobedience. So if 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 there was no savior, listen, that's that's why he's called the savior. 
<laughs> you know, he sacrificed his life to save the world. You, you gave the scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and, and the thing about it is that whosoever believe that now, you know what I'm saying? We ain't going to perish. We're going to have everlasting life. We're going to be live eternally with him. So, so no Christ, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. There would be no today. There would be no 2021. There would be no, there would be no future. We don't know if tomorrow is going to be here, but we wouldn't be here today. I, I'll say it that way. I, I, I pray that I answered your question. Amen. Thank you. Good evening. Dr. Kim, welcome to the show. Tonight's topic is the real meaning of Christmas. Amen. Good evening. Good evening. God bless. Uh, The real meaning of Christmas. Christ must. The real meaning We've lost the real meaning of Christmas, and uh, the meaning of Christmas is is not a a, a pine, pine tree with a bunch of light bulbs. But we give gifts, and it's not really about that gift. But God did give us the greatest gift of all when He gave His only begotten Son, who was God in the flesh. But if I would talk about Christmas, I would have to take it back quite some time to the time Adam and Eve sinned, and they brought sin into the world. And I heard Pastor William talking about how Yeshua HaMashiach, when God said about the seed of the woman, and we talk about Christ, we talk about the virgin birth. And when you talk about the virgin birth, that, that that Mary, she had a, had a child. But the first time they talk about the virgin birth was in Genesis, the third chapter, around the 15th verse. They call that about the seed of the woman. Now, the female does not have a seed. It's the male. But what it was prophesying that a child was going to be born without the aid of a man, and that was Jesus, because there's sin in the blood, and every every uh, child carries the father's blood. So Jesus was going to be born without sin. Now, and when it gets to Jesus, she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, so she didn't need a man to come. So that's the seed that had been prophesied in Genesis, the third chapter, was the seed of a woman is Jesus, because Mary knew no man. And the birth was for salvation, a savior, someone to take sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God will take it away the sins of the world. So we celebrate his birth. We celebrate the birth that Jesus came, the Messiah, the Messiah who, who that there was long waited for Messiah had came into the world. Now, right around the time of Jesus' birth, uh, the Apostle Paul writes in, in, in Galatians 4 and 4, in the fullness of time, that God sent forth his son made of a woman 
made of a woman. Now, they didn't say of a man, of a woman under the law. And he would prophesy back at, throughout the Old Testament about that the anointed one, which would be uh, the anointed one would come. And so it was always prophesied by Jesus. But now the thing where we're losing things today is, and I do agree with with Pastor Jackson and with you, um, I, I do, uh, uh, Sonia, I do. Um, the, 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 what, what happens is we, we've commercialized it instead of put it into a time of praise. It should be a time of praising and, and thanksgiving for God giving of his son to come forth to the earth. Now, when, when, when I say that, the reason I say we commercialized it, they had a German festival of lights where they would decorate trees. And that's where we get the Christmas tree. I heard someone talk about, too, uh, the mention of the geographical location. Uh, we celebrated December 25th, and that's when they were celebrating and putting lights on trees in Germany. But the story, the story of Christ goes that the shepherds were in fields watching their sheep on a cold winter's night. Well, first of all, a shepherd can't be in the field in the wintertime. They didn't sleep outside. They had pens or enclosures they would bring their sheep to. They did not sleep outside, okay? Because if you look at the geographical location, a globe has longitude, mean straight up and down, and around that they go around to say this latitude would mean to lay flat. The latitude in which the Holy Land would be on would be about somewhere around North Carolina up to Virginia. It's cold. You, you you're not going to be out in there. So. Most of your better scholars say it was late August or September, somewhere in late September when when the birth of Christ occurred because the shepherd was still in the fields. Now, Christ came here to die. And uh, in, 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 when I was attending seminary, they taught us about the gift that nobody wants. In a sermon that I preached sometime on Christmas, it's about the gifts that no one wants. And, and what I'm saying is we talk about the three wise men, but I want to tell you the truth about the three wise men. And he wasn't in a stable. He was born in a cave because, you know, there was no room for him in the end. They came there to pay taxes, and it was cold. There was no room for him, so they went in a stable and not a stable, but they went in a cave, and that's why he was born in a cave. If you ever could pay to go to the Holy Land, they would take you to uh, the place about the nativity, and they'd take you inside a cave, and that's why he was born. But now, the next thing is, so the shepherds were not in the field. That's the song. That, that the shepherds were, so it had to be, uh, they didn't keep them there, but it happened where it's still warm, where the shepherd could be in the field. Now, come back to what I was saying was that even with that, it was three gifts given, gold, frankincense, and mirth. First of all, and it's, it equates to the different things that we have today, and it equates to Jesus' whole life. Matthew represents Jesus as a king, and gold is symbolic of a king. 
that was one of the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So if gold is symbolic of a king, Jesus sure was a king. They even put on his, on top of the cross, Jesus, the king of the Jews. Now, I want you to understand it would be the king of Israel, king of Judah, not Jew, because Jew is a term that's only been here a thousand years. Christ died over 2,000, so that term wasn't even here. But nevertheless, when you're looking at that, 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 that gold, and most of us, so many people today have a gold Christmas. Or the gold Christmas where you could take that credit card, that Visa, MasterCard, Discover card, and you could just swipe it and buy all the clothes and toys and everything you want. That's, that's, that, that's, a, that's a gold Christmas. You have everything you want, and sure, Jesus went around, and he healed sick, and he gave sight to the blind. That's gold. And then the next one is a frankincense Christmas, and during that time of Jesus' birth, they brought in that frankincense. They made, they, they, they made incense out of it. It had a beautiful smelling fragrance. It smelled good. And it was, it was symbolic in the temple of the sweet-smelling Savior of Christ. And that and then that's what that was. If you ever went into the temple, when before you went to the holies of holies, they had, 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 had the altar of incense was symbolic. They burned it 24-7. And, and, and the incense, smoke went up the incense. It was symbolic of the prayer of the people. But incense was what Smith said represented the sweet smelling Savior talking about Jesus Christ. But today burning the incense tells us about the parties and the music that we hear going on and all the wonderful food that's gonna be that's gonna be consumed during that time. And Jesus sure turned water to wine. He he ate at a feast with where at a marriage feast. He ate with pieces he turned he, he fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He had different feasts that he was at. He even ate the Last Supper. But true enough, he, he was at a feast. And we're going to, some of us are going to have some wonderful Christmas. We're going to be able to buy all the things with our, our master and visa cards. And we're going to have all the sumptuous food that we could have. And then the third gift was mirth. Now, I want you to understand that all the three gifts that were given to Christ spelled out what his life was going to be like. The third gift was mirth, and mirth was used to make embalming fluid. And there are those who are going to have mirth Christmas, the loss of a loved one, your money funny, your change strange, you don't have money for to buy your kids what they need. Things are going bad for you. That's a mirth Christmas. And Jesus had a lot of sorrow in his life. They say Jesus was a man of sorrow. You know, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and the chest time of our peace was going to be upon this child, Mary's baby, the son of God, just because he's going to take away the sins of the world. He come to save us from our sin. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the birth of our Savior. Not about the toys, not about the gifts. And I heard Pastor William telling you, sometimes we have to get our children to understand. I've been pastoring 20, going on 28 years now, 20, so really 
Uh, Pastor William preached it in, in November, but I was voted into the church in July 15th, I mean, excuse me, 94. So, but I'm working on 28 years, and I preached this one time. But the gift that nobody wants, everybody want a gold and a frankincense Christmas, but nobody want a mirth Christmas. But Jesus had so much mirth sadness in his life. But we don't expect to have it. Some people are going to be up in the hospitals right now sick. They're not going to enjoy it. But God is good all the time. Yes, he but is. our thing is just to be praising and thanking God for sending his son. We need to teach our children the real meaning of Christmas. It's not about Santa. It's not about the clothes. We had a saying when I grew up, it's not about Santa. It's not about clothes. There's nothing much but your mama and your pa. And we uh, should let them know a pen our way, too. Jesus is the reason for the season. It has nothing to do at all. That tree comes from a pagan holiday. The word Easter comes from a pagan island and holiday, Estra, the goddess of fertility. So all too often what have happened to through, through the, the Eurocentric thing that, that society is built upon uh, by the Europeans, they have brought all these pagan holidays and put our holidays on right around that time and gave them names. But the most important thing is to teach them that we, we celebrate the birth of our Savior who come to take away the sins of the world. When married to find out to get the dynamics of it, just read it. You shall name it that the angel Gabriel said, you shall name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And even when Passover came, you know, that's what I call it, the Passover, Resurrection Sunday. When we celebrate that, not Easter, it's called Resurrection Sunday. But even when we say celebrate that, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. I know we love to talk about our gifts and money and all this other stuff, but that that's not Bible doctrine. The main reason came and we should be saving people from their sin. But God sent himself. I'm going to say this and I'm going to shut my mouth. There's a term in the seminary which is called kenosis. If you read the book of John and you read it, uh, John, the first chapter, 1 through 14, it's going to say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things were made. Now, they're talking about Jesus. That's the Logos, L-O-G-O-S, Logos, was the Word, and that's the living Word. Now, going to turn to, the Word going to turn to life. And the Bible says, and all things were made by him, and nothing was made that was made. Jesus had already told you he and the Father were one, the same. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. So now... We get that, that Jesus was always there in God. But then they say, and the word became flesh and dwell among us. Well, it, that, that means that it's simply it's a word called K-E-N-O-S-I-S, kenosis, meaning God emptied himself and he came down as a baby in the flesh. And the Bible declared in John 1 and 14, and we beheld the glory of the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And, and so this is what we saw. We see God being born in the flesh. 
and no one else could do it. He was our perpetuation. He was our imputation. God had to send Jesus to be born as a human being. God, and Jesus is God, he went through the same step with any other baby, but he wasn't created by man, the seed of a woman. But he had to go through sin, but yet without sinning. And they say he he tabernacled with us. That means he pitched a tent, and a tent is a temporary structure. And he was only here for a temporary time to do everything that God put him here to do. When he said on the cross, it is finished, he wasn't talking about his life. He said he had completed the mission what God sent him here to do. But the birth of Christ is celebrating, uh, the birth of his birth is to celebrate salvation of our Savior, that a Savior was born, the one that was going to save the world. Say, behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sins of the world. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. So, hmm. I have a question, though, Dr. Kemp. What prayer or poem can you offer God to thank him? The way we thank God is through our obedience to his word. You can't give God anything. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein, that the cattle on a thousand hill belong to God. He's the creator of all things. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And then he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. So there's nothing you could give him but your praise. Your praise and your obedience. And that's what God looked for us. And that's how you know that we love him. When we give away that ragged life, that sin nature, sinful nature, and we turn our lives over to him, then he know we love him. And yeah. that, that's how, that's what we give God. That's why we say our, his praises will continually be on our lips. And praising don't mean screaming and hollering. This means being thankful. It's being grateful. And it means having faith. And that's how you praise God. He says, praise will continually be on my lips. And then he says, magnify him without praise. In other words, we got to do we have to do it big. Because he is worthy of all praise. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Okay. Um like Dr. Kemp said, um, I think that we have lost the true meaning of Christmas. And we all, as Christians, celebrate Christmas in different ways and everything. Um, Has anyone ever asked themselves what the Christmas tree is or represents? What about you, Ivy? Have you ever thought about what the Christmas tree is and what it represents? Yes, I have thought about, like, I don't know what it represents. I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay. What about you, uh, Reverend Williams? You know, I haven't really got into the the Christmas tree. When I was young, I, I heard that, you know, 
it, it represented, uh, they used it to represent uh, um, uh, the tree as the cross that Christ carried. So, you know, uh, I never went back into that uh, because I, you know, I just took it out of my mind because of what I now truly believe in, you know, and, and, and who represents me, you know, the Christ, the Savior. So that's, that's how I answer that. Thank you. Okay. Well, when I uh, did my research, I saw that um, the tree, the Christmas tree was a pagan fertility symbol and a symbol of eternity within many pagan religious beliefs. Um, from what I gather so far, that um, the decorations of the Yule tree is still associated with the Wycon symbol. Uh, can you put that disclaimer out there for me, sir? You say put the disclaimer out there? Yes, please. Okay, Breaking Chains, YAT Radio, Young Adults Talk, Sacred Words Ministry, and its affiliates are not here to disrespect, uh, tear down, or to incriminate ourselves against anyone uh, in a way to uh, be disrespectful. We cannot tear down the church because we are the church. We represent the church. We come with the word of God, sound doctrine. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, sir. To my knowledge, the decoration of the Yule tree is still associated with the Wycon symbol of an erect male sexual organ decorated for the woman so that the woman can bear great men and so that the Mother Earth can bear its fruit for men. Wow. Have you ever thought about... um, why do people kiss under a mistletoe? And who are the elves? And and like you say, why do you exchange gifts? Doctor Kemp, can you expound on that? Those questions. Okay. Uh, why about the tree? A lot of things are symbolic of uh, pagan deities that we that we celebrate. Now, when you talk about a mistletoe, those who don't know what mistletoe is, mistletoe is poison. And any tree that has mistletoe, mistletoe is like a poison sore on the tree. It's a fungus. And if you ever pay attention to a tree, and listen to what I'm about to tell you, if you see a tree with plenty of mistletoe, that tree has cancer. Within a few years, that tree will be gone. It will rot out. And this is nothing I'm just making up, but this is the truth. So I don't know where there's mistletoe come in um, and things about kissing under mistletoe. So many things that were brought among from pagan deities, and we and we uh, and, and and what we do. We bring that into our worship. We bring in pagan deities into our worship. Uh, for instance, and, and again, we're not against any 
person, denomination, or whatever, but the truth is the truth. When you listen at the Ten Commandments, it says that we are not to make any graven image of, of God or any likeness above the earth and the heavens and in the sea and below the seas and nothing else. But you walk into the Catholic Church and that's all you see is symbols and statues and stuff. And you're not supposed, biblically, you don't supposed to do it. Now, about that tree, a tree should no way be a symbol of Christ's birth. The old scriptures say he was hung on the tree. Some, I think they say it was a dogwood or something a tree that he dogwood. was. What he was, what he was uh, crucified on, I think, was a dogwood. Yeah. But he hung on a cross. But they would put those decorations on the tree. And as Sonia said, that it it's it symbolic, a symbol of almost an erection. It's things that what we need to teach our children the real, what Christmas really is about. It's all about Christ. It's not about a tree. It's not about the gift, not about toys, and all this, all the parties. We should be praising God and celebrating the birth that God does loved us so much. They say God so loved the world that he gave his only, begotten, his only begotten son, son of the living world or die. So that's about it. You know, with the Christmas tree, the mistletoe and all of that, those are common myths from pagan rites and Christian myths. So I just thought that I would bring that up and add that in there. Um, as Dr. Kemp, um, he talked about the three gifts that the wise men gave. The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. So we're at almost at the top of the hour. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we will open up the phone line. So if you have any comments, questions, or just want to give some praise, give us a call at 858-357-9137. Tonight's show has been sponsored by the Williams Group and Jade Ari Enterprises. Yeah. 
And I just want to uh, applaud the ladies for this strong show tonight. Uh, Evangelist Sonia, a uh, wonderful show. God bless you and all Thank the ladies you. that, um, the ones that participated, God bless you too. God bless you as well. Thank you. Reverend Williams, would you like to add your final comment? Uh, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, you know, just want to really just kind of um, really add what Dr. Kim just said, because, you know, there, there is only one reason for any season. And, and, and we have to remember to always uh, use scripture when, when God says it, it's like it's like God is telling us no matter what is going on around you, no matter what is put before you. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of his work, all right. and all else all will be right. added to you. So, so if 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 we just remember to to keep in our heart that we have to keep God first in every situation, you know, uh, celebrating this time of season, uh, uh, Christ is the reason for the season, but for all seasons, and, and we have to start remembering that this is not just the time, uh, uh, one time of the year that we really come and really celebrate Him. As a as a as in a in a fellowship, really, we we celebrate his birth, we celebrate uh, uh, his his resurrection. Uh, we say for Easter. So those are the times that we unify. We we should be in unity every day, and maybe we'll see a change in, in the Amen. world that we that we live in. You know, uh, uh, people don't use uh, uh, the Old Testament uh, uh, of the word uh, like they should because oh, that's the Old Testament that. Seriously, that's the cliche and the words and the excuse that we use. But but it's something that I, I, I want to just put out there that, that my dad did something when he said, "Let all souls unite and pray." And and he put second he put Second Chronicles seven fourteen there because because listen, God told us all we have to do if if we were use this time of the season that we come together every day when we when he tell us he say if my people he talking to us his children. Which are called by my name Shall humble themselves We don't want to humble ourselves And pray We want to call on him when we need him He's saying seek my face He say the scripture tells us You better find him while he can be found You better seek him out You better call on him Seek you the Lord while he may be found While he may be found And, and he's saying turn from our wicked ways We, we, we sin every day We, we think because we ain't Because that ain't we, That ain't like that if, if you you a sinner just like the man that just murdered the woman that just murdered right. the thief that just stole you you a sinner just like them and, and he's saying turn from my wicked way then he say then that that's the word right there we got something yeah. we got to do before he will hear our he say then will I hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land amen so so if if we want a healing. You, you understand? We 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 want a we want a new beginning. We we want to live in peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We got to learn to be obedient and, and to obey His word and walk and talk and live it in the name of Jesus. God bless. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Now we will have our little-known Black History fact and wellness check. Little known black history fact is about Robert C. Henry, 
Robert C. Henry became the first American, African-American mayor of any major U.S. city when he was appointed mayor of Springfield, Ohio in 1966. Henry's achievement is often overlooked because fellow Ohioan Mayor Carl B. Stokes of Cleveland was the first elected black mayor of a major U.S. city. In 1951, Henry opened up the Robert C. Henry Funeral Home and was also a prominent of civic action and engagement. It was his work in that space that led him to be elected to the city council, the city commission in 1961. In 1966, the commission appointed Henry as mayor to seating Marcus Bach, the city's first Jewish mayor. After serving one term, Henry decided not to run for election as he wanted to aim his political ambitions in a different direction. He was appointed to a fact-finding commission on Vietnam by President Lyndon B. Johnson and Richard M. Nixon in 1970. In 1972, Henry ran from congressional seat in the U.S. House of Representatives as the Republican Party nominee, but did not get elected. Henry died in 1981 at the age of 60 after battling cancer. He and his wife, Betty Jane, had three children. The Robert C. Henry Funeral Home is still in operation under his children's care. It is one, if not the only, second-generation black-owned business in the city. That has been the little-known black history fact. Today's wellness check, make sure you drink plenty of water on a daily basis. That's eight glasses or 64 ounces a day. Also, let's get some cardio in for at least 30 minutes a day to get your heart pumping. Um, now, can we humble ourselves and come to the throne? Dear Heavenly Father, we say thank you for giving us your breath to see another day. Father God, we ask for your forgiveness of our sins and unrighteousness. Father, we are truly grateful for your grace and mercy over our lives. Father God, we thank you for the covering of the blood of your son Jesus for the remission of our sins. Thank you. Father God, we are all going through a situation, but with your will being done in our lives, we will receive your comfort and strength during the healing and deliverance process. Mercy to that. Father God, we honor, glorify, and praise you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our show tonight on the real meaning of Christmas. I hope that we all know that heaven will one day be our home, and hopefully this will help you look at the Christmas season differently this year. This is truly a chance to take in the wonder and awe of the season. Just remember, it is a time of God showing his great love for us. It can be a time of healing and renewed strength. Sure, Enjoy the season, but remember to rejoice as well. I hope something was said 
that shed some light on your on you and your life and broke some chains. Don't forget to join us tomorrow night with the Men of Valor at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time here on Breaking Chains Ministry on YAT Radio. Tonight's show has been sponsored by the Williams Group and JDR Enterprises. Happy Holidays from the Breaking Chains Ministry as well as the P31 Ladies on YAT Radio. God bless each and every one of you and have a wonderful evening. Good night. Nobody greater, nobody greater, Jesus. No.
lift those hands for real in here. Come on. Nobody greater. Nobody greater, Jesus. Nobody greater than you. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Those hands, singers, and let's just give them the glory. Nobody greater, nobody greater. Couldn't find nobody, nobody greater than you. I dare you lift your hand and say they with us tonight. Come on, nobody greater, nobody greater. Party greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody like you, Jesus. been listening to Breaking Chains with P31 Ladies on YAT Radio, where each week we discuss the importance of female self-esteem, self-identity, and noble character. You can always get involved in the conversation by calling in at 858-357-9137 or catch the live stream at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash YAT Radio. That's Breaking Chains, where we leave a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.